The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Well, we're going to start quickly in Isaiah chapter number 60. Uh, I didn't have this in my, in my notes today, but I just felt the Holy Spirit leading me to uh, Isaiah 60 verse 1. And while you're going there, just lift up your Bible and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word that my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There's just so much that's going on in our world. And uh, there's just uh, so much fear, worry, and anxiety uh, that's being broadcasted and that's being uh, really sent out into the world, and, uh, you know, I just felt to encourage you with this. Uh, while there's fear and there's anxiety and, and, and all these things that are happening, Scripture tells us that this is our time. Amen? Amen. Uh, uh, during a time of calamity, a time of confusion, uh, it's really time for God's children to arise and shine. Someone say, this is my time to shine. How many of you know that when there is darkness everywhere, it's the people with the light that should lead the way? Amen. 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 The ones with the light shouldn't act confused as the rest of the world, which does not have the light. You and I have the light, and it's time for us to shine the light. And so scripture says, arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Man, you don't even have to do it in your own strength because His glory, it's almost like the, the moon and the sun. The moon does not have to generate or emit any light of itself. All it has to do is to position itself in a place where the, the earth is out of the way. And when the earth is out of the way, it will take the light from the sun and make a reflection. And that's what happens when you get... Your focus on Jesus, solely on Jesus and not on what's going on. You position yourself to reflect and emit that light, to reflect who the Son of God is. And how many of you know that Jesus is not panicking? Oh, I thought I was going to get a better amen. How many of you know that God hasn't fallen off the throne? He's still God. How many of you know that the end of the story still states that we win? And because of that, we should be the ones reflecting or emitting the light for the world to see. So it's your time to shine. It's your time to declare hope. It's your time to preach joy. It's your time to point people to Jesus. Can I get an amen? Watch what it says in verse 2. This is an awesome piece of scripture. It says, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. Man, people are in darkness right now. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen in heaven. No, his glory will be seen upon you. Did you see that? Man, God's glory is going to be made manifest on your life. This is our time to shine. This is not time to retreat and go back and, you know, play dead. This is time for us to stand up and point the people to Jesus. Watch what he says in verse 3. The Gentiles, the unsaved people, shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your glory. Man, Gentiles are looking for light. And they will come when they see it. I want to tell you this morning that it's time for us to start broadcasting hope. Some of you are thinking, how am I going to broadcast that? Well, in this generation, digital world, you can broadcast in the cyberspace. Make sure that whatever you're sending in the cyberspace, the signals you're sending in the cyberspace are signals of the gospel, the good news. Amen? Amen? Amen. 
Don't be broadcasting uh, bad news and hopelessness and fear and anxiety. In fact, everyone in my phone book, at least those that have my cell phone number, know that I have a rule. Don't send me dumb stuff. <laughs> and by dumb stuff, I mean don't send me things that are discouraging. I don't want to see people getting murdered. I just don't want to see it. Amen? Amen. Don't send me people starving. I don't want to see it. Send me hope. Send me a scripture. Send me something that has life in it. Now imagine if all of us in here make a decision today that all we're going to broadcast is going to be life, joy, hope, and the good news. Do you know how much of an impact we will make? Man, we are the seed to take this gospel into a dying world. It's not time to retreat. It's time to advance forward. Can I get an amen? And so that's what we're going to do. Hunt your neighbor and tell them it's my time to shine. We're still talking about the God kind of prosperity. And uh, we started off, you know, three, four weeks ago, and we were talking about the different kinds of uh, prosperity according to God's word. I need to switch this on. According to God's word. We said there are three different kinds of prosperity uh, in the world. There is the world's worldview of prosperity, which simply focuses on self. You know, me, myself, and I, and the view uh, from the world is I've got to get as much as I can and uh, hoard can, uh, can it and sit on the can. Basically, the world is thinking about just getting amassing wealth for self. And how many of you know that that's not godly? And then there's a second one, which is just religious and spiritual to some, but it's really not kingdom-based. It's not uh, biblical. And it's the mindset that says, you know what? All I want from the Lord is just... Uh, enough to take care of myself. They don't say this extra part, but they imply it. Because right now, I'm not thinking about somebody else. I'm just thinking about me, my Vodacom bill, my car payment, and my mortgage. And if I can pay for those, that's enough. I'll be all right. That's not biblical. The biblical way is uh, Sarah quoted 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency may abound unto every good work. The biblical way is so that we can have enough and extra to give to every good work. Amen? Because you are thinking about uh, everybody else. And so we've been uh, on this journey, you know, discussing uh, uh, these things. And today we're going to be talking about something that I called working the blessing. I don't know what I called it in, uh, in, in my book, Grace in the Marketplace, but this is a, an interesting uh, concept. If we go to Proverbs chapter number 10 from verse 22, today we're going to talk about how you can work the blessing in the marketplace. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Scripture says in Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. I usually, you know... Uh, uh, mentor a lot of uh, uh, young business professionals and uh, people who are in the marketplace doing stuff. And one of the questions I always uh, ask them, one of the questions I'm going to ask you that I always start with is, in fact, let me ask the question uh, just the way that I ask them. How many of you believe you are already successful? Just put your hand if you believe that. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see some coming up. Oh, that's a good number of people. And uh, I always tell them this, that the foundation for working the blessing and staying in a place of constant success starts with identity. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. I always mention this dealing with uh, marketplace leaders because if you don't know your identity, it's really going to be difficult for you to navigate uh, the marketplace. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 39, and I'm going to read from verse 2 to 3 in the Amplified Bible. <clears throat> We're going to read really what determines uh, your success, what qualifies you uh, to be uh, a success. Watch what the scripture says. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph. And this was uh, at the time where Joseph was in Potiphar's house. You remember the story? It says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And he, Joseph, though a slave in our popular culture today, uh, Joseph, because he was a slave, wouldn't be considered successful. Can I get an amen? Because slaves don't have a salary, right? Slaves don't have a bank account. Slaves possibly wouldn't be able to afford a car. 
and a house like yours and a cell phone and so on and so forth. So slaves wouldn't be considered uh, 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 successful. But in God's eyes, watch what this scripture says. It says, but the Lord was with Joseph and he, though a slave, was a what? successful and prosperous man. He didn't have a car. He didn't have a salary. He didn't have a, a position in, in this organization. I mean, his position was slave. Amen? And still in God's eyes, God looked at him and he said, look at that successful man. He didn't say the same of Potiphar, who had the house that Joseph worked in. So from God's perspective, we see that success has a different and completely different look. What qualifies you to be a success is because the Lord was with Joseph. The first thing that qualifies you to be a success is to be with the Lord. If you aren't with the Lord, I don't care how many zeros you have in your bank account, you ain't successful. Amen? I said amen. So the first thing that qualifies a man or a woman to be a success is to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, to be redeemed, to be reconciled with the Father. When you make that commitment and that de uh, uh, decision, you're already a success in God's eyes. Now, if you don't know this, that you're already a success, you're going to go into the marketplace and do a thousand and one things to try and prove. Have you ever been to these social gatherings where everybody's asking them, each other, you know, what do you do for a living? What do you do for it? What they're doing is they are calculating how much respect they should give you based on what you do for a living. Because they're going to scale success. But not in God's eyes. Do you know how God calculates uh, his success for you? He looks at whether you have made a commitment to Jesus because that moves you from being dead to being alive in God. Can I get an amen? So you are already successful. Someone shout, I'm a, I'm a success. Going somewhere to happen. So, it's going to, now the only thing we are waiting for is just the manifestation, but that's not what determines your success. Because if you let that determine your success, you're going to be ego tripping. What I mean by that is you're going to be doing all kinds of extra. They say you're doing too much these days. They say you're doing the most. That's what, that's what they say these days. They say, oh, man, you're, doing, you're going to be doing the most. If you don't realize that I'm already a success in Jesus, you're going to be doing the most to try and prove sometimes to yourself, the man you see in the mirror, and sometimes to others that, you know what, I'm a success. But let me tell you, child of God, you are already a success. The only thing we're working on with you today is to help you just see a fruit and a manifestation of God's plan in that success. Can I get an amen? Now watch what happens in the next verse. He was in the house of his master, uh, Potiphar. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. Listen, he keeps saying that because that's the point of success. The, even the master saw that this dude, man, this dude is different. You see that? He says, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the who? I didn't hear that. The Lord made all that he did to flourish and succeed in his hand. See, the ultimate fruit of understanding your identity is that you will begin to succeed and win every other minor battle that you are going to encounter. I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that uh, Jesus, it's interesting that Jesus won the battle of his life in uh, the desert, in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights. You remember the story? He won that battle before he had performed a single miracle. You know why? Because your success is never determined by what you do. The only thing that Jesus took to the wilderness was his identity. And that's why the enemy wanted to attack his identity. He said, if you are a son of man, can you turn these stones into bread. What was he doing? He was trying to steal his identity. And some of you, the enemy has been confusing you and telling you, if you can only become a director, then, only then will you become successful. And that's, that will just steal away from what I like to call Christ esteem. That's why some people are just timid. They're just shy. They're just unsure because they just, you know, one day maybe when I become director, I'm going to be bold and courageous and confident. No, you are already successful. 
Because you have Jesus living on the inside of you. Can I get an amen? And so today we're going to look at different things. We're going to look at uh, the life of uh, uh, Jacob. And uh, we're going to look at his life. We're going to look at the, 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 the story of uh, uh, Jesus you know, uh, helping the disciples and so on and so forth, and it's really going to interest you. The second thing, after you accept Jesus as your personal uh, Lord and Savior, uh, the second thing you need to do is to choose His plan. God has a plan for every single one of us. Scripture says He knew us before we were formed uh, in our mother's womb. And Scripture says in uh, Psalm 139, uh, verse 16, I want to read this in the original King James Bible. Psalm 139, verse 16 uh, the psalmist says, you saw me before I was born. And how many of you know that every single one of us can say the same about God? God saw us before we were born. What that means is, uh, therefore, you are not an accident. Yeah. You, some of you may have been an accident to your parents, like, oh, you, we were not planning that. But to God, but to God, God was planning that. Amen? Amen? Yeah. And God wired you for success. He wired you for success. He put every single ingredient that you will need for you to be successful. Scripture says uh, in the original King James, it says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Man, that's awesome. What it's saying is, before God created you, he wrote and he invested success into every single day. But here's how God did it. He chose a purpose for you sovereignly. How many of you know that we don't get to choose a purpose? We just discover our purpose. God is the one that chose the purpose for us. You can't go through a metamorphosis. You know, I know some people here can go through a surgery and move from male to female and all kinds of crazy, stupid things that's going on in the world. You can't do that with your purpose. Amen. God already deposited uh, a purpose on the inside of you and wired you for success in that purpose. And the, so the second thing you need to do after you get born again is to spend time with the Holy Spirit so that he can reveal to you your purpose. And as you start to walk in that purpose, Scripture says God has already written every single one of them already. All you're doing now is to just walk the success that God has already prepared for you. That's why we call your assignment a place of rest. Because you're not working. Once you find that out, you're just resting in the Lord. Yes, you are working. It's work. You're productive. But it's not toil. It's not that sweat of your brows. You're enjoying it. And you're just, it just happens that people pay you for it. Amen? But there's a choice in the matter. Just because God wrote every single one of your days in the book does not mean you're going to choose every single one of them. This is why intimacy with God is going to be important. This is why relationship with God is going to be important as we walk in this life. Can I get an amen? amen? See, a lot of people think, okay, I just got born again, so I'm going to do everything. I'm going to do what I want with my life between now and then because now I have, you know, fire insurance. I'm going to make it to heaven, so what? But if you want to invest success into those days, you're going to need to have an intimate relationship with God. And you're going to need to spend time in a place of prayer, not talking to God, but hearing from God. 99% of your prayer should be, What's up, Lord? Tell me, what should I do today? What have you written down for me? And then you walk in it. And when you do that, you're already a success. Can I get an amen? And so that's where God wants all of us. He wants us to be in this place. And when we do uh, step into this place, there's going to be promotion. Amen? Last week we read that once we are faithful with the least, God is going to entrust us with much. And so we see this in Jacob's life. Let's go to Jacob, chapter number 29. I'm going to read from verse 1. Uh, Genesis. What did I say? Oh, yeah. Let's find Jacob. Let's find Jacob. Nebuchadnezzar, too. Okay, all right, okay. Genesis 29. Jacob 29, reading about Genesis. G Genesis 29, 1 to 15. I want to read it in the message. Message Bible, if you will. Uh, this is the story about Jacob. Some of you know Jacob. He is an interesting guy. Uh, his mindset is really intriguing uh, for those of you who are called to business and marketplace. The first thing that Jacob 
uh, sought out before he even went out into the marketplace and launched out. The first thing he sought out was to try and get the blessing. You remember the story? Uh, he went to Esau and offered Esau a bowl of soup. And Esau traded uh, the blessing for a bowl of soup because he didn't understand the power of the blessing. We just read in Proverbs 10, 22, that the blessing, the spiritual force of the Lord, what does it do? It makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen? How many of you know that life is spiritual and we need spiritual power which God has already given us by grace if we are going to be a success? I'm talking about in the eyes of God if we're going to walk in the days that God has already ordained for us and see fruit. Man, we need, we need the blessing. And so Jacob went out to try and get this blessing, and Esau didn't care much about the blessing because he didn't understand the spiritual laws. Can you imagine trading the blessing for a bowl of soup? You know why? Because I'm, I'm hungry right now. I've got to eat when? Now. So he doesn't care. He doesn't care what's going to happen next week, tomorrow. It doesn't matter. I've got to do it now. My flesh yearns for soup. So forget the blessing. And a lot of people have been sabotaging their future with the same principle. And unfortunately, you know, retailers and all these people, we love them. I mean, praise the Lord. You should own a retail store. But the ones that pay a retail store, they know there's a thing called impulse buying. And they take advantage of people who are looking to satisfy their, just get an immediate gratification. You know, you just went to the shops to get a washing powder. And then as you were checking out the lunch bar, said, what's up? I wasn't planning to get lunch bar, but look, he's talking to me. Amen. And then you pick up, I've got nothing against lunch bar, but some take it to the next level. You know, you wasn't planning to, you know, uh, buy this shirt. And then as you walk past the store, man, this shirt is beautiful. It's, ooh, it's awesome. I just don't happen to have the money. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend what I don't have. It's called a credit card. Okay, moving right along. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I've got to get it today. In fact, do you know what I do? I sleep over any purchase, any major purchase that's going to inconvenience me. I sleep over it. And after about 48 hours, I realize, you know what? It's not as nice as I thought it was. I don't need it after all. Because I'm not going to short circuit and sabotage my future because of immediate gratification. For soup. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Amen? So this guy gets the blessing. And once he gets the blessing, he now goes into the marketplace because now he's ready to do business uh, uh, supernaturally. Man, you can, you can lead your career supernaturally. You can do business supernaturally. Remember the story in Luke chapter number 5? The first ever miracle that Jesus performed for the sake of the disciples. Did you hear what I said? The first ever miracle Jesus performed that benefited the disciples was a business miracle. In Luke chapter number 5. So Jesus shows up uh, to the disciples and he says to the disciples, hey, what's going on, bros? And the disciples, I'm paraphrasing, and the disciples said, man, we've been working all night fishing. We've been fishing all night and we caught how many? Nothing. He says we've been in a marketplace and nothing has happened. I seem to be going round and round in circles, some of you may say. And then Jesus said, um, you know what? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back and launch out into the deep for a catch. It's a different terminology. Jesus didn't say, go back fishing. He says, go back and launch out into the deep for a catch. It's certain. See, when you're doing business supernaturally, success is guaranteed. When you step into God's, what God's assignment is for you, success is guaranteed. You're just walking out what God has already rehearsed and fixed for you to be successful. Launch out into the deep for a catch. No, he didn't say go back fishing. You know, fishing is trying. You know, you, ah, nothing. Ah, nothing. You know, we tried this business idea. I didn't work that one. Ah, I didn't. You know what you're doing? You're fishing. I tried that career. You know, um, you're fishing. But when you're going back to launch out into the deep for a catch, hey, I've heard what the Lord said. <laughs> I'm going in for the kill. You get that? 
So when you start doing business supernaturally, man, the Holy Spirit is your friend. Not to act spooky. See, sometimes when you bring the Holy Spirit, people think, oh, what are you doing, Holy Ghost? No, chill out, bro. Amen? Just to have a friend, just to have a business partner that works with you, that gives you advice, that walks with you, that says launch out into the deep, and you get to hear it. And Peter questioned that. He said, Master, we toiled all night. In other words, I know a little bit about fishing. The best time to uh, uh, catch fish is at night when they don't see the net. Not during the day when you're saying I should launch out into the deep. But how many of you know that God can supernaturally, through his favor, fix and change even the market dynamics to where fish will walk right into the net that they can see. Just so that you can have a catch. Now, we're not talking about the natural level. We're talking about doing it supernaturally. And we're going to see it in uh, Jacob's life. So where did I tell you to go? Uh, Genesis uh, 29, 1 to 15. Uh, Message Bible. So Jacob set out again on his way to the people of the east. He noticed a well out in the open in the field, three flocks of sheep bedded down around it. This was common well. This was a common well from which the flocks were watered, or, you know, they would bring the flocks to drink uh, water. Um, the stone over the mouth of the well was so, was so huge. Someone say huge. <laughs> when all the flocks were gathered, the shepherds would roll the stone from the well and water the sheep. Then they would return the stone covering the well. Jacob said, hello, friends, where are you from? And they said, we are from uh, Haran. And Jacob asked, do you know Laban, son of Nahar? We do. All things are well with him. Jacob continued, very well, they said. Here is his daughter, Rachel, coming with the flock. Jacob said, there's a lot of daylight still left. Now I want you to pay attention to what Jacob says here. He gives them a business idea, a business strategy, tactic on how to do things. He said, there's a lot of daylight still left. Isn't it time to round up the sheep yet, is it? So, so what did he say? It isn't time to round up uh, the sheep yet, is it? So why not water the flocks and go back grazing? So Jacob is saying, I know you are coming to wait here at the well. You're going to wait for the other shepherds to bring all the other sheep. And then together you are going to roll the the stone and then, you know, get the sheep to drink and then you're going to go home. So Jacob says, man, we we have a lot of time. Why are you wasting time? Why don't we roll over, get the sheep to drink, Uh, close the well, and go back and graze some more so we can be more productive. Did you see that? I mean, this guy wants to work the blessing. Just because the Lord has blessed us does not mean we just sit around waiting for it to fall on our heads like ripe fruit. Money does not rain from heaven. The blessing is going to work with productivity and you applying yourself. So I like Jacob because he thinks outside of the box, first of all. And number two, I mean, he's breaking away from tradition and routine. This is how we've always done in this company. (laughs) Says, no, we're going to do it differently. Because I'm, I'm the blessed man. I'm a child of God. I'm a Christian. I think outside of the box. You see that? Yeah. And I like people who think out of the box. He says, uh, what verse am I on? Daylight. So why not water the floor? No, they said, we're going to wait until all the shepherds get here. It takes all of us to roll the stone from the well. Man, he says it takes all of us to roll the stone from the well. Not until then can we water the flocks. So I'm waiting for help. All of us are going to come together and then we're going to do this thing. Now watch what happens. While Jacob was in conversation with them, Rachel came up with her father's sheep. She was the shepherd. The moment Jacob spotted Rachel, daughter of Laban, uh, his mother's daughter, saw her arriving with his uh, uncle Laban's sheep, he went and single-handedly, someone say single-handedly, He went and single-handedly rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the sheep of his uncle Laban. Question, we're going to take a vote. Was it because of the anointing or it was because of Rachel? Okay, we're not going to take a vote. Uh, 
No, Pastor, you see, it was because, no, it wasn't. It was because he had supernatural strength from the blessing. Rachel may have been an added motivation. (laughs) But still, the man single-handedly did something that they couldn't do as a team. Man, do whatever you do to get some motivation to do something. Amen. Then he kissed Rachel and broke into uh, tears. He told Rachel that he was related to her father and that he was Rebekah's son. He ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news, Jacob, his sister's son, he ran out to meet him, embraced and kissed him and brought him home. Jacob told Laban the story of everything that had happened. So Jacob went and said, Laban, I showed up there and the guy said, you know, we can't roll the thing. And I told him, I said, hey, we're going to roll this thing, water and go back, graze. I mean, this top businessman is listening. You know what he said after that? When Jacob uh, uh, heard what had happened, Laban, Laban said, your family, my flesh and my blood. Translated as, young man, you are hired. (laughs) Welcome to the family business. Amen. Amen. You want to get yourself hired? Have some initiative. And I tell young people, man, be creative. Create your own space. Create some things that you and only can do through the power of the anointing. That, that, man, they can't get rid of you. When Jacob had been with him for a month as a slave, Laban said, just because you're my nephew, you shouldn't work for me for nothing. Tell me what you want to be paid. What's a fair wage? Laban is not stupid. He's looking at this guy and he's saying, man, this guy's smart. I need to start paying him a salary, a good salary. And here's how we're going to determine that salary. We're going to ask him how much he wants to be paid. Someone say, hallelujah. And then, you know, if I was uh, uh, just trying to get you emotionally high, I would say, come on, someone shout, shout, it's my time. And then people say, it's my time to name my wages, to name my wages. No, it's not going to happen to you. <laughs> and then people say, oh, hallelujah, it's my time. Pastor prophesy, yeah, I can prophesy, but it comes with some extra things. That we need to do. And again, brothers and sisters, I'm not talking about your relationship with God. That happens by grace. I'm not talking about you going into heaven. That's already been taken care of. I'm talking about God trusting you with, a, with an increased influence. I'm talking about God bringing a preeminence to you such that you are a, a shoulder above the rest. You get the picture? That's where God wants you and I to be so we can have influence with the world. God wants us to be successful. A light set upon the hill that cannot be hidden. Man, I was saying in the first service, God wants you to be so influential that when you go back to your high school reunion, everybody will all of a sudden now want to be your best friend. It's a different story now. (laughs) <laughs> it's a diff- Everybody will all of a sudden want to hear what your story is. What's, your st- what's been happening? Everybody's going to be around you, inviting you to the ascent pit. Now, now it's going to be all fun because of what the Lord has done in your life. Amen? Amen. And this is available for God's children. But we're going to have to start working with them. Doing business supernaturally means listening to the Holy Spirit. What do, how do I make this decision? God, give me some initiative. Man, I'm going to work this thing. I'm going to roll this stone single-handedly. I'm not going to do things that this company has always done. I'm not going to be satisfied with the routine. Hallelujah. I'm going to trust God with every marketplace decision. Man, this story really inspires me. So he started working for Laban, and then he worked seven years for Rachel, and he was tricked. Remember the story? And he was given Leah, and he said, okay, it's fine. I'll still work another seven years for for, for, for Rachel, and then he worked seven years for Rachel, seven plus seven, 14, 14 years he worked for Laban, and uh, God was getting ready to promote him. Remember, we read last week, the Luke 16, that if you're faithful with what belongs to somebody else, God is going to start giving you that which is your own. And so this man was faithful for 14 years, and now we're getting ready to read uh, his promotion, this principle coming to life. You ready? Let's go to Genesis Uh, 30 from 25 to 34. Let me read it in the New King James Bible. 
uh, man, my time is fast spent, but we're going to do this. Can we do this? Just this verse and the next one, and we'll be out of here. Genesis 30, 25 to 34, and it came to pass. How many of you know that things come to pass? <laughs> He's talking about him being tricked and him working for, for, for 14 years for somebody else. The reason it came was so that it could pass. Amen? It came to pass when Rachel had born uh, Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, send me away that I may go to my own place. So he's getting ready to start his own business after about, what, 14 years of being faithful. I knew I wasn't going to get an amen. <laughs> so now he has a business plan. He's getting ready to go on his own. Give me my wives and my children. By the way, just because, you know, that word wives is in there doesn't mean in 2020 in the new covenant I'm just trying to be like Jacob. No, you're not. <laughs> Get me my wives and my children from whom I've served you, and let me go. For you know my service, which I've done for you. And Laban said unto him, please stay. Can you imagine? Just close your eyes for a moment and picture your boss saying these words, please stay. <laughs> That's an awesome place to be. Again, it doesn't come by declaration. <laughs> Declare after me the anointing of staying. Come on. <laughs> Oh no. Substance. Someone say substance. Is this helping? Is this encouraging? I really am. Man, you know why? Because I'm teaching you as leaders. One of the greatest desires of any God sent pastor to the world is to empower everybody to outrun them. Do you know what should be happening every Sunday? We should be having people saying, you know, Pastor, I just bought a car better than yours. Praise the Lord. Man, that's an awesome place to be. Pastor, God just promoted me. Now I'm going into uh, uh, these different parts of the world, and I'm going to be reaching billions with my business. I'm going to be helping solve this solution. Pastor, I've written this song, and this song is going further than your sermons ever went. Then I know I'm doing my, my job right. By the way, my sermons have gone very far, so it's a tall order, but it's only the foundation. <laughs> Amen? It's only the foundation. But that's my heart. My heart is to teach you as a leader so that you don't take your life for granted and you don't take God's call on your life for granted. Man, God has a purpose for you. That's bigger than anything you've ever seen. You are just thinking success... Most of you, in any way, are just thinking success in terms of numbers. You know, when I start earning 56,000 rand after tax or 100,000 rand after tax or 300,000, then, only then, will I be successful. Man, God is bigger and greater than just that. God has preeminence. God has legacy. God wants people to still be talking about you 400 years from today. Amen? Amen. That's what God has for you. And these things are going to help you step out into that place of assignment. You are not just, you are not just, a, you know, just a nobody. Those songs that they sing. I'm just a nobody. No, not in God's eyes. You are God's workmanship. You're God's soldier. And here what I'm doing is equipping you for warfare out there. So that we can win together. God has not created church to be a place where we all come and congregate and become professional cheerleaders for the ministers. He never created that. It's a man-made idea. You know where we get together 60,000 people in the stadium and we start cheerleading the men of God. Give me a P. Oh, I give you P. I give you P. Give me an A. Oh, I give an A. I give an A. Pasta! How many of you know that we can never win a battle with only one man with a gun and everybody else is cheering them on? Shoot them, Dara. Shoot them, Dara. Rambo. Shoot, shoot, shoot. No, we can win a battle if everyone picks up their own gun and starts shooting. Someone shout, I'm going to start shooting myself. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
And Laban said, please stay if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience. Someone say by experience. It's not just a spiritual concept. You're not saying, you know, my boss, you're a boss, you must promote me because I'm the blessed, I'm there. No, 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 no. He said, I've learned by experience. I've looked at the income statement, and I know that you are the favorite of the Lord. Did you see that? He said, I've learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake because you work here. Man, they should be sending us emails every week. Pastor T, please send us some of more of those people from your church. Send us more of them because those people, man, they come here and this company has been turned around by just having a few of them. Send us some more of them. That's what it should be. They should be looking out to, to, to hire Christians, kingdom people. Can I get an amen? Uh, verse 28. Watch what happened. Oh, man. Uh, then he said, name your wages and I'll give it to you. So Jacob said to him, you know, I've served you uh, and all your livestock has been with me. Now we know why the livestock, you know, produced more. He maximized on daylight. Did you see that? Remember the story? For what you have done before, uh, what you had before I came was little. And it has increased to, to an amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now when shall I also provide for my own house? What verse is that? 30? And Jacob said... Uh, when shall I? For my own house. Uh, verse 30. And he said, uh, verse 30, 32. Verse 31. 31 is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he said, what shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your cloths. You know, I know I may, it may sound like I'm pushing the envelope. Uh, uh, so much, but Jacob was with the Lord, yet the blessing on him, and I believe he's getting this insight from the Holy Spirit. I believe he's not just getting it because he went to Harvard. Amen? There is a reason. He's working with the blessing of the Lord. And this is what he said. He said to him, I'm not even going to go in there. He said to him, uh, uh, what we're going to do from today onwards is uh, we, we, we're going to look at all the animals that you have, and anything that comes out that is, is spotted and speckled, and uh, what's the other word? Uh, spotted and speckled, those two shall come to my account. In other words, Jacob is now negotiating for shareholding. But in a peculiar way, because if you look at the, the, the gross population of the animal world, uh, the spotted and the uh, speckled are usually the minority. And so Laban laughs. He's like, oh, young man, you have a deal. <laughs> and he gave him a deal. And so Jacob went home and told Sarah, uh, uh, Rachel, you know, Rachel, I just got this new shareholding deal, and, uh, you know, I negotiated uh, uh, spotted and speckled. She must have said, you must be the dumbest person I've ever You know, but this man had, had insight from God. And so what he would do is that he would, uh, whenever the animals were mating, the strong animals, he would literally go and take uh, uh, leaves from the tree, rods and polar, and form striped-like and spotted-like uh, uh, shapes in front of the animals. And then the animals would mate looking at those things, and whatever, whenever the strong animals are mated looking at those things, they would produce what they were looking at. It's also a life principle. You always reproduce what you see. If you choose to see scarcity, you're going to reproduce scarcity. You know, if you choose to see abundance, you're going to see an abundance. Can I get an amen? And so the animals that were looking at the striped of, from these rods would reproduce after the stripes until the population of the striped and spotted animals started to overwhelm the, the, the population of the uh, 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 solid, solid colored animals. And this was insight from God. Amen. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit can also work with science? Amen. 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 A lot of people think, you know, the Holy Spirit, I don't think he can work a spreadsheet. <laughs> a lot of people think that, and they're sincere. I don't think the Holy Spirit can work a spreadsheet. I, you know, I don't think the Holy Spirit can definitely give you a goosebump. <laughs> or can make you fall under the anointing, but I don't know if he can work a computer. No, he created the computer. He knew about computers in the Garden of Eden. Amen? God is not surprised. He can go with you in the marketplace and show you things that you've never seen before. 
It's just amazing when you start listening to the Holy Spirit, the things that you can reproduce. Amen? And so when he was getting ready to, to leave, here's what happened. Genesis 30, 37 to uh, 43 as we close. Now Jacob took for himself the rods of green poplar and the almond. Oh no, 31 from verse 10 to 12. Let's close this. 31, if you don't mind, from verse 10 to 12. My time is far spent. Oh, there it says, and it says, and it happened. Someone say it happened. Man, once you start doing these things, you're also going to have, and it happened. And it happened. In other words, there's a, a net effect, cumulative net effect of doing all these things that we're talking about in leadership and ministry, whatever God has called you to do. Completely refuse and reject copy and paste. And say, I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit. Especially in today's world. You could literally go and just Google a, a T.D. Jake sermon and show up and be a little mini Jake's. <laughs> Copy and paste. No one wants that. Get to spend time with the Holy Spirit and find out from Him what He has called you to do. And what He wants you to go out into the marketplace and do. Amen. We started dealing with the concept of grace in the marketplace 2016. I went to my wife and I said, honey, the Lord told me I should write this book. I don't know what I'm going to put in the book, but the Lord gave me a title. He said, Grace in the Marketplace. And I told her, I said, this is the book that's going to make me reach the world and change uh, the minds of our leaders on the continent of Africa. Because from a young age, I've always had a desire to make a contribution to my continent. I've never had a you know, real uh, desire to run away. I, we could have run away, several opportunities to run away, but my heart was always, you know what? I could probably make a contribution. And so my prayer every single morning was, Lord, show me how I can contribute to my continent. And the Lord gave me grace in the marketplace, and I told her, and I said, you know what? But I don't think I'm going to write it. She said, why not? I said, because I'm just lazy. It's going to take, a, if you've never written a book, oh my goodness, it's going to take your time. Sometimes you're sleeping, minding your own business, and the Holy Spirit will just drop something in your spirit. And now you can't go back to sleep. You have to get up and go typing. And as you're typing, you'll start giving you more and more. And before you know it, it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and now you have to wash and go to work. So it's going to take a lot of commitment, writing a book. And after you've written it, you send it to the editors. Man, they're going to mark and put red everywhere and tell you this is not even English. This is not even a word, and this is this and this is confusing and you go back and forth I mean it's going to take a lot Amen, Amen. and so when we did it finally I said Lord I'm going to do it and we did it wrote the book published it the first two years nothing no phone call nothing just Lord I thought you said that this book is going to reach the world but I tell you now standing on the other side man it's starting to take off we have leaders that send us uh, uh, testimonies left, right, and center. Tomorrow we're going to be doing a, a marketplace meeting in a, in a business uh, a marketplace, uh, secular world. And on Thursday we're going to be at Discovery Bank doing something with the private equity guys. And in the midst of those meetings, I'm definitely going to say Jesus is Lord. Oh, for sure. And if you come to talk to me one-on-one uh, -on -one after the meetings, I'm probably going to pray. If you have anything that you need prayer for, I'm probably going to pray, you know, pray for the sick, heal the sick, get people connected to Jesus. You know why? Because yeast does not make, make much effect around other yeast. When we're just hanging out yeasting, you know, just kind of, it's awesome. It's awesome to come to church on Sunday. But do you know where we're going to make much much of a difference is when we go into the door. Amen. So these are the meetings that excite me because I get to meet with people that have never heard about Jesus. And when they see the power in you, when they see the excellence at which you operate in, and when they see the logic that comes from having a relationship with God, man, you almost disarm them. Amen. And now you can bring the influence of the kingdom. Amen. And so don't take anything you do out there for granted. And so it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream. Behold, the rams which leaped upon the flocks were streaked, speckled, and gray-spotted. Then the angel of God spoke to me in a dream. Can you imagine sitting in a boardroom and you have the angel of the Lord speak to you? 
man, how, how I wished our business leaders would have a relationship with God. How they would be connected to the Spirit, our government leaders, and so on and so on. How I wish they would, they would be so connected to the spiritual world and start to make decisions supernaturally. It's just amazing what happens. It says, and the angel of God spoke to me in a dream saying, Jacob, and I said, here am I. And he said, lift up your eyes now and see. All, someone say all. All, all the rams which leap on the flocks are streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. The game was rigged. <laughs> what that is, is, Jacob, now I want you to see all the business is now coming to you. Did you see that? Then the angel of God spoke and said, Jacob, and I said, yeah, am I? And he said, lift up your eyes, all the rams, which leap, the strong ones, and the flocks are streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. Remember, Laban was cheating uh, Jacob. Remember, he was tricking him and so on and so forth. And Jacob stayed faithful in all of that because he knew something. That promotion does not come from the east. He, he probably had read that scripture. Promotion does not come from the east or the west, but it is God who lifts up one and puts down another. He probably had read that scripture in Colossians 3.23 that says everything that you find with your hands to do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. He had probably read that scripture in Proverbs 21, verse 1. These are marketplace scriptures that says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. And like a stream, he directs it in which direction he should go. So what he did is he kept his head down, no complaining. He was faithful. No complaining and murmuring. He was just faithful. And the Lord said, I've seen it. I've seen everything that's been done to you. And I'm going to bring a recompense. I'm going to reward you for all the years that you spent being cheated being ripped off and so on and so forth. Did you see that? He says, I've seen everything that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now arise and get out of this land and return to the land of your family. In other words, now arise and go and start your own business because you've proven yourself faithful and you are ready to run your own business. Amen. Amen? Did you see that? Man, we can do business supernaturally. We can lead our careers uh, supernaturally. We can depend on God when it comes to the things that we do uh, in the marketplace. And God will make us shine. He will make you shine when you start leaning on Him. Vehemently reject routines and traditions. Start asking the Holy Spirit, what's the straight path to this crooked path? Remember, we talked about this two weeks ago. Ask him, is there a better way to do this? Ask him for supernatural strength. I want to roll this stone. That's my heart. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to wait for the entire neighborhood to agree with me before I do it. I'm going to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God. Amen? I'm going to have great initiative and I'm going to do... Uh, I'm going to maximize on the time that the Holy Spirit has given me here on the earth. Did that bless you? Why don't you stand on your feet? Someone shout, I am successful. Someone shout, that's my state. <laughs> that's my identity. I am successful. I am a success. I have the blessing of the Lord on the inside of me. Every company that I join, I bring my identity and the blessing. Therefore, there is a turning around in that company. My company is blessed. My department is blessed to be fruitful and to multiply. We do business supernaturally. And there is increase in growth every single day that I walk into my business. When there is a casting down, we shall stand and proclaim 
and declare that there is a lifting up. Because God will manipulate the market dynamics to our favor. We don't confess what the world confesses because we are with God. Amen. That's what you do. That's what you do. You keep speaking life and you honestly, wholeheartedly commit yourself to see growth and increase. Man, it's a commitment, it's a decision that you have to make. <laughs> that I'm going to see growth and increase in this company. It belongs to Laban, your friends may tell you. It's not paying you enough. He gave you Leah instead of Rachel, your friends may tell you. Don't let that taint your attitude. Don't let that pollute and corrupt your heart condition. Because it will stop the flow of the things that God has already preordained. Man, God has already preordained some really good stuff, some awesome, awesome, awesome stuff for you. And there's so much business out there that's just waiting for you to fix your attitude, commit your ways to the Lord, commit yourself to what you do. And as you do that, it's going to be like the spotted and the speckled. It's going to start multiplying and just start growing for you. Whatever you touch, call it blessed. As a man who started making burgers in the United States of America, and every time he would make burgers, he would tell his uh, staff that beyond just making burgers, we have a responsibility to minister the gospel to the people that come in here, to minister love and joy to them, to, to be a light and to show them uh, the right kind of attitude as they come here. They were making a burger, just like a Popeye's burger. It's a fried burger, a chicken burger. It's called Chick-fil-A. I'm telling you, when there's no one at Popeye's, same burger, same burger. It's the same thing with the same uh, vegetables. It's the same thing. The only difference between them and Chick-fil-A is that if you go to Chick-fil-A, they're going to treat you better. They're going to love on you, and they're going to minister. It's the gospel in action. From the car park, they're waiting on you. And guess what? Because of that, they're not selling burgers. They're selling something far greater than burgers. Man, in a dying world, where everybody is rude, man, people are, people are looking for someone with good manners, and they will buy from you if you just fix your attitude. They'll promote you. The world will promote you. They can't resist these things that we are talking about today. In fact, the liberals tried to shut it down by accusing them that they didn't have a right perspective on marriage because the owner stood out and he said, you know, I believe in marriage. Marriage is only between a man and a woman. And the liberals were putting out in newspapers, well, you know, he's violating people's free will or whatever. And all the people said, you know what, we actually stand with him, actually. Just so you know, we were just keeping quiet, minding our own business. But now that you brought it up, <laughs> we also think that marriage should be between man and a woman. And while there was nothing going on in their cities, I mean, this man in two days got the business that he could have gotten in 365 days. Supernatural acceleration. Because he's offering something greater than just a burger. I'm telling you, child of God, these things are available for all of us, God's children. Amen? We're going to pray for you. And this is the last installment of uh, this series. Next week, we're going to be talking about something exciting. We're going to be starting a brand new series on uh, uh, fear not. Amen? We're going to be talking about how you can stand and be courageous in the midst of a, a, a dying world. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for these, your children. Lord, we thank you for their assignments, their callings. Lord, right now, I release the same anointing that functioned in Jacob's life. We release right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you that their hearts are sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just thank you that as they go out into the marketplace, just like you gave an instruction to Jacob to step out 
and make a commitment and uh, do what he did with great initiative and insight. Lord, I just thank you that these, your children, will grow out and experience the same. Lord, I claim that and more, and I thank you because we have a better covenant established on better promises. And so, Lord, we just thank you that these, your children, are champions, and they are out called for preeminence. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Can someone shout today, amen? Did that bless you? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.